Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 155, Your Urban Legends, number 28. Editor Eric picked the the subtitle for this episode, and it is a point of contention among all of us right now. <laughs> you will see why we ran a Twitter poll. We're going to tell you what it's about later, but just know that Stay Ignorant won. Yeah, it's I shockingly, you would think that our listeners would learn something. Anyway, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Clearly, we have to keep going for another three and a half years so that they learn what we need to be putting down. Learn from their mistakes. Yes, Absolutely. Well, do you know who would never make the mistake of staying ignorant in a in a haunting? Is it our new patrons? Our new patrons, Tasha, Joanna, Yana, and Tess. Welcome. They join the ranks of our fantastic supporting producer-level patrons, Philip, Julie, Hannah, Alpha Dogs, Deborah, Molly, Megan, Skyla, Samantha, Sammy, Josie, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh, as well as our incredible, amazing, legend-level patrons, Morgan, Emily, James, BME Up Scotty, Audra, Chris, Mark, Ayla, Cody, Mr. Folk, Sarah, and Jack Marie. The, uh, the patrons on horse really are leaning into the joke names. Mm-hmm. So every time I hear BMF Scotty, I'm just like, thank you so much. Yeah, I was like, we could just say Bia, but I want the full name, the full name, the full joke. You know what, Julia? This is a very natural segue as opposed to the ones that I force every week mm-hmm. because a longtime patron and friend of the show, Eldritch Rach, is currently running a Kickstarter that I think a lot of our listeners would really enjoy. It's called Cryptids, Creatures, and Critters, a Manual of Monsters and Myth. Ooh. And it's like a uh, illustrated kind of guide to all of those kinds of critters. And it looks beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find a link to that Kickstarter campaign in the episode description. It uh, closes on Friday, November 22nd. But even if you are listening to this in the future, you can go to that same link and they should have information on how to get the book. Heck yes. Amanda, can I tell you about something else that I'm very excited about? Oh, please. It's my recommendation for this week. So as you might remember, I recommended uh, a while back a Korean comedy called Oh My Ghost. Yes. We watched a couple episodes together. It was wonderful. Yes. Uh, Well, I found another one. It's available on Netflix and it's called Bring It On Ghost, also known as Hey Ghost, Let's Fight. No, that sounds very good. Uh, So it's about a ghost with amnesia who teams up with a guy who can see ghosts and gets paid to exercise them in order to become a like ghost fighting duo and also their roommates. Extremely good, Julia. Extremely good. I just I'm I'm a sucker for a roommate falling in love trope, but also their ghosts. You know, we are going to have to watch that together when we are road tripping to Austin, where Spirits is doing a live show the day before my birthday on February 27th. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Yes, I'm very excited. I've never been to Austin. I've never been to Texas in general. So getting to fly down there with all y'all is going to be so much fun. And we are building in a little bit of time to do a little bit of sightseeing. So we would love your recommendations, Austinites, on uh, cocktails mostly Mm -hmm. and also uh, breakfast-related foods like breakfast tacos and other kinds of breakfast. Breakfast and breakfast derivatives. I mostly just want tacos, breakfast or otherwise. I know. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Uh, Yes, it's on February 27th. We are going to do like a double headliner with Join the Party. So if you're fans of either show or both, come on over. One ticket price. You get to see two shows. We're going to have a little bit of merch. We're going to do like little meet and greet and make sure we get a chance to see everybody. Our multi-crew VIP members will get a chance to have a like little, you know, private reception with us before the show. And we couldn't be more stoked. So go to multitude.productions slash live to get tickets now. Also, while you're on our website checking out how to get tickets to our Austin show, you should also check out the fact that our studio is available for rent now. 
It's very, very exciting. We had a studio warming the other day. It was fantastic. We had drinks from Shaker and Spoon there that were excellent. And it just like, it goes to show one, our studio sounds fantastic as you can hear. And two, it's just cozy. It's really, really cozy. It is cozy, and it's been like a labor of love over many months. We put together a blog post describing like how we built it, what our budget was, all of the, you know, very, uh, very challenging aspects that come with having an office in a hundred-year-old pencil factory. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we made a blog post that you can get linked to in our resources section, or click on over to that studio link and rent the stud. Yeah. Speaking of how cozy the studio is, it reminds me of the cocktail that we had for this episode, which um, I kind of stole from you, Amanda, because every time I go to your apartment, it always smells really nice because you (laughs) always have like aromatics like simmering on a pot in your kitchen. And so I took your recipe of aromatics and added them to mold cider. And then spiked it with some spiced rum because that's how I like to do. Yeah, it was a very fun variation on what uh, Eric Silver and I usually do, which is buy what we think is enough cider. And then it's immediately gone the moment anyone comes to whatever party we are having. That's true. So it was delicious. And I enjoyed the variant of having some rum in there. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to all of our exciting announcements. It's been a big couple of weeks here at Multitude, and we couldn't be more excited to now uh, fight with editor Eric over ignorance versus knowledge in hauntings. So with that, enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 155, Your Urban Legends. Stay ignorant. I have a mini surgery watch. Oh no, mini surgery watch. Okay. Mini surgery watch. I feel like every episode for like the past five hometowns have been surgery watches. Mm -hmm. Henry had a small growth and it is benign. Yay! So... All good. Everyone's good. I went to see an orthodontist as well, but I'm getting a second opinion because he goes, I don't know. Like, he's like, sometimes if your teeth are just like need regular braces to straighten them up, it's it's easy. But your situation isn't easy because your jaw's bad. So maybe you want a second opinion. I was like, well, that's great. Yeah, Jake, uh, after the last episode, the last Hometowns episode came out, he goes, what's wrong with Eric's Eric's mouth? I was like, wait, what's happening? Because <laughs> you just asked that with no context. Uh, and then he was like, oh, is it like bad? Like his, his teeth don't meet in the back? And then I was like, yeah. And he was he like opened his mouth and showed me his teeth also do, do that. And he was like, yeah, when I was like 13, they like wanted to break my jaw and then like sew it back together again. And my parents laughed and said no. Yeah, that my orthodontist would say jaw surgery is too far. <laughs> He's like, your jaw has to be really messed up to 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 get into those spooky bones and and break them and reset them. That's that's usually a step too far. Jake then told us that story at the Mabim Bam live show, which was the right energy to go into a Mabim Bam live show with. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to start out this episode by telling everybody that I had the great pleasure of watching both Scooby-Doo and The Witch's Ghost and Scooby-Doo and the Cyberspace Chase this weekend, which was extraordinarily fun. Those are two very different Scooby-Doo movies. They were. And um, I just have to thank you, Julia, for for making me watch such wonderful movies as we do during Myth Movie Night, because I, I feel like I'm now I'm ready to embrace and rediscover what I have not seen before. I'm I'm so glad. I'm so glad you get to experience the full joy of Tim Curry being the Stephen King insert. I was like, why did they get Tim Curry to play this mild-mannered Velma love interest? And then I was like, oh, oh, oh that's uh-huh. why. That makes sense. Got Which it to say, if you don't feel follow uh, Spirits Podcast on Instagram, you got to do it. It's great. Mm-hmm. Normally it's Julia who runs it, but sometimes I do a little story takeover and it's great. 
I do love when you story take over. Well, speaking of stories, everybody, who has a creepy urban legend for us in this wonderful month of November? Ooh, um, well, I have two options for you. Ooh. I can either go with dead end, literally, or <laughs> ghost, bear ghost, bear ghost. Bear ghost? Bear ghost. They're both good. Uh, I want... Are we? Are you doing both of them? I'm doing both this of them. It's just which way. Well, then I feel you like we first. should end the episode it's, itself with the dead, with end. dead end. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. So let's start with a bear ghost. You'll be bookending this episode. All right. So we're gonna start with ghosts, bears, bear ghosts, and then surprise Bigfoot. And so this is sent in from Ollie. Oh, Ollie was the one that wrote in about the spooky PodCon experience about their hotel room yes. being haunted. And somehow Ollie's still alive, which I really appreciate. Well, uh, alive enough to send us another email. So they start with, I live in a mountainous vacation destination where in probably between a half to two thirds of the houses are vacant most of the year because they are second homes or vacation rentals for the summer crowd or the winter folks. My family caretakes for a nice dude who lives in the Bay Area most of the year. And sometimes the guy lets us, more specifically me and my friends, stay there on occasion. It's three stories, the first floor having a few bedrooms and also a garage, the second being the main living area with a balcony on either side of the house, and the third floor being a loft area. The pros to this are the house is right up against a national forest, it's right above a private pier, and it's a more hidden location where we don't see the annoying hetero crowd from my high school wandering around vaping. Choice. Extremely accurate. Ollie, you're a great writer. The- I recently, just just as a quick interlude, mm-hmm. saw some teenagers smoking, <gasps> and it was so weird. No. I was oh, like, kids. you're supposed to be vaping. Please don't do that either. But like, it was so weird to like see like young people smoking. I was like, oh, we 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 solved this in our lifetime. No, and and then vaping happened. But like, it was very strange. And I've seen it a couple spots in the exact same spot by the like cool hipster coffee shop cafe in like downtown of of our yeah. my city. Well, you know, uh, apparently polio is also back. You know, get your kids vaccinated. Vaccines are real. Help everybody else. Help people with cancer. Please get vaccines. God, please just take care of your bodies anyway. So the cons are it is an empty three-story house with huge windows in the living room that makes it feel like the whole sky is watching you. Or rather that a random person might watch you from the balcony while another person sneaks up the stairs from the silent first floor. As with any house that sits alone, its resting sounds can be a bit spooky at first because you're not used to them yet. But the sounds of seven rowdy but polite girls filled the second floor as we decided it was the least spooky, the least spooky of the floors. As we sat around the TV watching Black Panther and playing Fuck, Mary Kill, I looked over to see one of my friends staring at the landing on the second floor and asked what she was staring at. She responds, she heard footsteps moving around on the first floor. More specifically, by the front door, she heard the sound of heavy shoes, which was then assumed to be snow boots, stepping around the entrance, and then the familiar sound of a person hitting the boot against a surface, a stair, a wall, the door, to knock some of the snow off the shoe. What in the goddamn, we collectively say in so many words, because it is the end of May, meaning we are in flip-flops, and I know for certain that I locked the doors and no one else with a key was expected. I assume it's my dad, not because he's a prankster, he just forgets to announce himself quite often, and my husky dog is still fully asleep on the ground in front of us. So I shout out, 
full horror movie style, hello? To no response. Oh, no. I moved to the landing with my gang watching intently and top of the lungs shouting, hello, again. One of my friends turns off the movie and everyone starts to look at each other, expecting me to do something as the resident boss bitch. So resident boss bitch grabs the paintball gun that we use to scare off bears. Don't y'all linger on the bears just yet. We got shit to take care of right now. (laughs) You know us so well. And I shout out, I have a weapon and we're coming down. Of course, I make everyone come with me because I'm not splitting the Scooby gang. Correct. Good choice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we explore the downstairs, finding everything exactly the same as it was, with the door separating the downstairs rooms locked, the garage doors locked, the front door locked, no snow, no boots, no nothing. Amanda's staring at the ceiling, not looking pleased. No, don't like it. I was actually trying to think of situations in which hearing footsteps would be pleasing and it's never. reassuring. Maybe if you thought someone died and then they didn't and you're excited about that. But even when Mm. like my partner comes home. Even then I've got to jump into zombies before, (laughs) before, oh, they're not dead. I live on the second floor of a house and no one comes up the stairs besides like people who live in my apartment. So even when my partner comes home, I'm just like, I, uh, I mean, probably him could be a a burglar. Like who the fuck knows? Like every time I'm just kind of like, meh. Might, might be my love might be a uh, killer yeah. i did just scare kelsey like a few days ago and she probably would have appreciated some some footsteps in that case she just looked at me and said why <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelsey, uh, is kelsey the kind of person that we would yell at during a spirits episode for just standing there as the ghost approaches <laughs> i don't i don't think so All i right. think she i think she's She's handling it well. All right, I'm just making sure. So we decided to sit outside on the balcony in the full sunlight with a view of the most of the property, feeling much safer and playing Cards Against Humanity. Good plug for Cards Against Humanity. But then, fucking bears. My dog goes off the rails because there's a baby bear on the other side of the state park fence, like 50 feet away from us, up in a tree, higher than the second floor that we are now on, with the mama watching below. My dog races down the stairs and towards the fence, and I'm forced to chase after to keep my dumbass baby from getting got by the angry mama bear. We have to go inside because bears, and we also feel super unsettled. I start playing King Princess on my phone to relieve the tension. So good. Fucking King Princess, though. I haven't heard of them before. Are they good? Yes, King Princess. If you like Tavlo, if you like Kesha, if you like Lord, you gotta add King Princess to your rotation. All right, tight. What do you do when you're alone by the woods on a private drive, surrounded by bears and possibly an intruder? Well, I guess D&D, because we played for four hours straight, after which we called our parents and let them know that everything was okay. For now. My dad says he'll be over soon with pizza dinner. So, yay. So after eating, we start settling into bed with my dog and my dad nearby, just in case. We lay in a cluster in sleeping bags under this huge-ass universe-gazing windows. We decide we're going to finish the movie to help exhaust us more, and at the end, we're sitting there, turning off all the things and so on, when clear as day, from the darkness of the third story, we hear something. A woman's laugh, deep, hearty, and far off, like through a door. That's not a bear. Mm -mm. It's not. Not even a mama bear. We all look at each other, and someone asks, did you hear that? And all but one of the girls who was falling asleep agreed to hearing the exact same thing. 
We lay down and attempt to fall asleep, telling each other ghost stories and cryptid tales until we couldn't anymore. And hey, we all woke up. So, the happy ending? <laughs> the next morning, we went to leave a note in the guest book, adding in how very, very haunted their house seemed to be when I saw on the first page this couple who came through for a weekend hunting Bigfoot. Oh. Sadly, all the entry reported was more bears, but they said something about heading to Oregon. Maybe I'll write another email Bigfoot experience in my area, as this email has already been long enough. And that is from Ollie. Here's a pro tip. Okay. If you're with a bunch of people and you hear something strange, don't ask if anyone else heard it. Why? Just convince yourself you didn't hear it. <laughs> and then no one heard a it. A bold choice. It's <laughs> bold, Schrodinger bold choice. sound. The sound actually didn't happen until it has been confirmed. So you could just go, oh, must have just been a weird door creaking. Must have been literally anything else. But once everyone else is like, oh, yeah, that was weird. Now now you're dealing with something. Now it's weird. That strikes me as an extremely Midwestern response. <laughs> I'm not saying this in, like, all cases. Like, if, like, your car's making a weird rattle, ask someone if they're like, hey, was, what's that about? But in this instance, ignore. Fully. Fully ignore. I still think it's a bold choice. I think it's bold to be like, mm. It's probably not a bear about to break in through these giant windows. I'm not going to worry about it. Think about how much better everyone would have slept that night if the first person wasn't like, was that a creepy lady laughing? And everyone just kind of eventually went, eh, it must have just been something else. <laughs> everyone, but, but they all confirmed it for each other, which means now they're all sure a creepy lady is going to murder them some, some point in the middle of the night. I don't know. I, I feel more validated. I don't want my friends to be like, nope, didn't hear anything. You must be crazy. Yeah, that's some gaslighting shit. I hate but, I mean, but it's, that, it's one but thing. That, no, but that can't happen if you just don't say anything. That's the key. Don't, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying if they say, did you hear something? Lie if you didn't hear something. I'm saying no one say anything if you hear. No one even asks the question, did you hear something creepy? So just ignore the problem. Got it. Okay. It's, yeah. But it wasn't. But it didn't turn out to be a problem. It's only a problem if y'all recognize it as a problem. All right, all right, all right. Uh, the first step to admitting there's a problem is realizing <laughs> there's a problem. So if you if there isn't a problem, don't admit it. Okay, all right. That's simple logic. Don't apply this to anything else in your life, <laughs> just other ghosts. than spooky sounds. To be very clear. Okay, sounds good. To be clear, I endorse investigating a problem if it happens in a place you know, like at your house, for example, maybe it's that your building has a gas leak, like just happened to me. Maybe it's that uh, there is a pipe that is broken, and if you deal with it now, you won't flood out your bathroom and also your downstairs neighbor. So, you know, there's there's pros and cons. Spooky home renovations. <laughs> Once again, my point, only spooky sounds. Only spooky sounds. I think pipes are pretty spooky a lot of the time. Mm, no, pipes are spooky. Mm, Can't confirm. That is true. Uh, would you like to hear some spooky stories from another place that has like, you know, wild nature and critters? Australia? Yes. Yes. This comes from India. And she writes, hey, guys, I wanted to write in for a while, but never felt my stories were spooky enough. But I've decided I'll let you be the judge. As with many other listeners, I've never been a big believer in ghosts. I think there's usually a healthy mix of other explanations for whatever it is that I've seen. But there have been a few times I haven't been able to entirely explain what has happened. 
To preface, I'm also a lifelong insomniac, so I regularly wake up very alert three or so times a night. Same Oof. in here. One of those times, I was staying at my parents' place in Ravenscliff Road on the south coast of New South Wales, Australia. Can we talk about how good that name is just for a second? Oh, Julia, we are definitely going to be like the witches of Ravenscliff Road one day. Can we write a, like, adult supernatural romance novel titled that? I love it so much. I'm already on chapter two. Come join Great. me. Perfect. This is a fairly new house I was staying in, in a small town about 40 minutes or so from the big Navy base in Jervis Bay, which just sounds like I'm saying our friend Jarvis's name in a strange way, which makes me very Jervis. happy. In maybe my first year of university, I was home visiting my family when I woke up in the middle of the night facing the mirrored closet doors. Before I get into what was creepily in the mirrored doors, can we all agree? Mirrored closets? No. Well, so they're usually added mm. to rooms in order to make them seem bigger, right? Yeah, but you I'm can... a big fan of a mirrored closet. My grandmother had a mirrored closet hallway. Yeah, we yes, talked about, and we Erica, talked about how creepy scary. it is. No, yeah, it's it bad. Great. No, very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. All right, listeners, weigh in. Please tell me that I'm not wrong. Well, I think they're creepy because uh, in, in this case, as India writes, I could very clearly make out in the closet doors a man standing next to my bed and looking down at me. He was wearing pale pants and a button-down shirt and had quite short, dark blonde or brown hair. I wasn't bothered at the time and figured I was seeing some kind of after effect from a dream, so I rolled over. It occurred to me as soon as I did that I should probably check to make sure it wasn't a real person creepily lurking in my room, so I turned back over and checked that no one was there, and the door to my room was still firmly shut. I'd lived there for at least two years before going off to university, and nothing had ever happened like that before. My parents still live there, and nothing's happened since, except some footsteps in the corridor outside my room when no one else was home. India, no. Oh, bad, bad. Both of these things are very bad. I know, I know, like, when you wake up, sometimes you're a little disoriented, and, like, you're just like, oh, yeah, all right, I was asleep, now I'm not, let me try to go back to sleep. But just, like, be aware of your surroundings, my friend. Be, be aware. We're worried for you. The second spooky event happened at the share house I was living in with three of my uni friends, an old, sturdy brick house in a country town called Bathurst. That is quite historic from the Gold Rush era. Okay. I'm sorry. Bathurst is also extremely good. Yes. No, that's the, the rival town for the uh, the witches in our in our romance novel. Yes. That's that's uh, novel two is like the witches of Bathurst, which I mm-hmm. realize might be pronounced Bathurst, but... You know, Doesn't here matter. we are. This and is then better. in the third book, Julia, they team together to fight off like evil warlocks from somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm into it. So uh, Bathurst, as I'm going to decide to call it, is historic from the Gold Rush era. As a side note, the house was freezing cold in winter. I had a bottle of hair serum that used to freeze solid just sitting in my bedroom closet. That's just oil, though. That shouldn't freeze. No, it shouldn't. It shouldn't freeze like that. <laughs> We'd been living there for a few months with no hiccups when I woke up one night around 3 a.m. and saw a headless little boy in striped pajamas walk past my bed, then vanish as he reached the closet on the other end. What is wrong with your closets, bud? No. What, what, what's wrong with your closet? Stop it. I don't think we've had a headless ghost before. Obviously, the headless horseman, but I don't think we've had like a headless. This is like mixing up three different scary things. Children striped pajamas which are extremely scary in Mm -hmm. in horror movie context and uh headless people Mm. yeah i don't recall any headless ghosts as far as i can remember but we've done so many hometown urban legends at this point well don't worry uh india says i wasn't spooked at the time but managed to dismiss it as something i was just seeing um India. See? India. See? No. No, no, no. No, see. Exactly. This is right bad. Call. This is what we should not be doing. 
I this is this is my turn on the show. It's to ignore everything. It's a bold move, Schneider. This is my new persona. I hate it. Ignore it all. I hate it so much. Listen, unless a surgeon is telling you you have to deal with it, Schneider says, ignore it. No. Maybe a month or so later, my housemates and I were hanging out in the backyard, and two of them were playing cricket. So Australian. My friend Elliot managed to hit the ball under the foundation of the house, which could be properly accessed through a small gate if you crouch down. So I'm picturing like kind of a like a sub basement type thing, mm-hmm. cross space. It was when we were peering under the house that we saw a small picture frame placed up against the far wall. It was the only object under the house. No, 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 no. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, no. Mm-mm. It was a painting of a woman in a wedding dress standing no. alone. No. Yeah. Oh, God. It had incredibly creepy vibes, to say the least. No shit. And none of us could figure out why it was the only thing left under the house. Uh. Needless to say, one of my housemates was later pranked with the photo when he found it under the cover of his bed. That's so mean. No, that's terrible. That's really mean. But don't worry. Uh, India didn't was not involved in that because uh, she writes, I wouldn't touch that painting with a 10-foot stick. Good. Smart. But you would live in a house over it. Best oh, no. decision I would you've move. made so far. This is, this is moving levels of creepy for me. Mm-mm. The third spooky event occurred when I was overseas in Edinburgh, Scotland. I was at a popular hostel that looked like it might have been converted from a church in the older part of town near the castle. I was, Did you say a popular hospital? Hostel. 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 I was like, a popular hos- hospital? Uh, speaking of which, I would... I would love to hear y'all scary youth hostel stories and not like interpersonal crime because that's horrible and I hope no one's experienced it. But any hostile spookings I would love to hear. I wouldn't personally. <laughs> All right. I'll ad- tell address you. them to me, a, a frequent uh, stayer in hostels. All right. So in this one in Edinburgh, I was staying in a four bed female dorm and you can sense the theme here. Woke up as usual sometime in the middle of the night. There were two skylights overhead, and through the moonlight, I could see a figure at the far end of the room, away from the door, where everyone else had dumped their luggage. I could very clearly make out the figure of someone wearing a hoodie up over their head, baggy pants, and they appeared to be looking down at a phone, though in hindsight, there was no light shining back onto their face. My adrenaline was racing immediately, not because I thought it was anything supernatural, but because I thought a man had somehow gotten into our room, and I was worried he could see me half sitting up in bed looking at him. I could see the other two girls in the dorm in their beds, but I was trying to rationalize that it could be the girl in the bunk above me checking her stuff or something. As I was thinking this, just watching the figure very closely, it walked alongside my bed toward the door until it passed inches from my face. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Too close. close. Just before the door, I saw it disappear in a strange heat wave-like effect. Like the mirage you see on a road on a really hot day. It was weird and wavy and distorted, and then it vanished. I was so freaked out, I had to step outside into the fluorescent lit corridor so I could remind myself that I'd probably imagined it. But Mm -hmm. I'd never felt so awake in my life, because while I was watching it, I was convinced it was a real physical person in my room that shouldn't have been there. It was the only time I've been afraid of something I've seen, and it hadn't even looked at me. That's horrifying. I don't like that at all. And I think it's worse, too, when you're, like, in a place you're not familiar with. Totally. That seems to be the theme so far of this episode, which I, yeah. you know, I appreciate when we accidentally pick a theme. <laughs> Me, too. Well, India, it sounds like you have a strong tolerance for creepiness. I respect that in a person. And um, she signs off with, please keep doing what you do, you incredible land mermaids. Much love from Australia. Mm-hmm. 
That's so many different scary things. Yeah, too many. Like, I'm not a believer, but here's all the spooky things that happened to me. Creepy. I'm glad you're all right, India. And um, I wish I was as brave. I have a museum spirit story. Ooh. <gasps> Is this the one that was titled <clears throat> Eric Safe? It sure was. <laughs> I left it just for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. This comes to us from PAX, and they write, Hey, spirits team. I work security at an art museum and have some kind of creepy, kind of cool stories I thought you and the lovely listeners might enjoy. They all surround a gallery where we keep our Renaissance artwork, all donated by one uber wealthy couple who never seemed to have actually left their collection behind, even in death. Oh, so they're haunting the collection. Yes. See, there's no free stuff in this world. They Mm -hmm. donate their art to you, but they stick along. When I first started working at the museum, other security people would tell me that the place was haunted. But being on the fence about the existence of ghosts, I took everything they said with a grain of salt, assuming that it was just a part of some hazing ritual. That is, until I started having my own experiences in the gallery. (laughs) The most common experience that nearly everyone I know had was seeing a man in old-fashioned clothes, think 1940s or 50s, Mm walk from one gallery into another when we know for a fact there was no one there. Hmm. The first few times I experienced this, I walked into the gallery space, going into the room where the figure had been going to, only to find the space empty. (gasps) Although sometimes I would hear footsteps creak on the wood floor behind me. Too creepy. Don't like that. Up until this moment, I thought they were working night security, and I was like, that's super weird. Yeah. On one memorable occasion, it was the start of the day and I was in a nearby gallery. When I walked into the gallery that all this spooky stuff happens in, the co-worker I was relieving was two steps away from abandoning her post, a fireball offense. Ooh, shit. Oh, no. The poor woman was visibly shaken and nearly in tears. When I asked her if she was okay, she recounted to me a very familiar story about seeing a man in an old-fashioned suit walking from one gallery to another. And when she went to investigate, found no one there but the self-portrait of Rembrandt on the wall. Oh, shit. Now, the weirdest experience I have was one day when I was posted in the gallery and another security person was taking an inventory of the artwork. When I walked in the gallery where the man is frequently seen, I smelled the faint aroma of lilacs. It wasn't super strong, just the right amount to be pleasant, as if someone was wearing perfume had just passed through. When I asked the person in the gallery next to mine if she was wearing perfume or if she smelled what I was smelling, she said no. Joining me, she immediately smelled what I was talking about, only for it to completely disappear a moment or two later. Oddly enough, since I moved to work nights at the museum, someone has to keep the artwork from escaping and turn to dust when the sun rises, I haven't had any further experiences. Well, in the galleries at least. Well, what does that mean? That, that's the end of the email. Maybe in the collectives or just like in life. We talked about this, I think, the last hometowns or maybe a couple before. But smells and hauntings oh, yeah. are particularly creepy to me. It's to just me, something it's like, about the extra senses throws me off. Yeah, I feel like it's it's easy in life to mishear something or your eyes are like freaking seeing the whole world upside down and then switching it's like eyes are are fallible in lots of ways but for me 
a smell is evidenced. Like it is coming from somewhere for sure. And it's much harder to smell things at a distance than it is to hear or to see things from a distance. So I think to me, my animal brain is like, oh, if I can smell it, it is it is really close. Not close enough to touch necessarily, but it is like, <laughs> you know, within attacking range of me. That's your monkey brain talking, huh? That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of smells, let's uh, let's follow this delicious mold cider smell back into the kitchen for a refill. Amanda, this week I've been thinking a lot about how I used to doodle in class in high school and college. That's true. It was very beautiful. You're a good doodler. I, I'm an okay doodler. And I was thinking, like, as much as I love to kind of do my art just like pen and ink on paper... Um, I really want to learn how to do things on the computer. So this week I signed up for a class on Skillshare called Digital Illustration, Learn How to Use Procreate. And Procreate like seems really intimidating to me as a person who is not an artist, but the class made it so easy to pick up and it just, I I feel like I'm making things better than I've ever made things before in general. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And it's all thanks to Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators that now has over 25,000 classes that are there to fuel your curiosity, your creativity, and your career. You can take classes in anything from like social media marketing to mobile photography, creative writing, and even like me, illustration. So whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to help you keep learning, and reaching your new goals. We're heading into the new year. Got to start thinking about those like New Year's goals and whatnot. Yeah, why wait? You can start today. Yeah, and now you can get Skillshare Premium for two free months by going to Skillshare.com slash Spirits2. That is a fully featured free trial of Skillshare Premium at Skillshare.com slash Spirits2. That's Skillshare.com slash Spirits2. We are also sponsored this week by the comfiest sweater vendors there are. <laughs> it's Stitch Fix, Julia. And uh, several times over the last few weeks, as it's been getting chillier, I've worn cute sweaters that people compliment. And I am like, thanks, it's Stitch Fix. And it, I want to like carry on their business card because truly, whenever I wear statement pieces that I get from them, people compliment me. And it feels really nice because it is incredibly easy as well. Stitch Fix has a like online quiz where you kind of give them like thumbs up and thumbs down on items that you do and don't like so they get a sense of your style. You can let them know like what brands you already love, how those things fit you, if clothes tend to be like too long or too short or too wide or too narrow in certain places. And it really helps them to send you items that they know are going to work for you. And folks in the UK, Stitch Fix is now available there as well. So all over the US and the UK, they have solutions for femme and mask clothing and for kids. So whether you're shopping for you, for someone you love, or you want to kind of switch it up and get different styles of clothes, like there you are. Stitch Fix is for you. And the best part is there is no subscription required. So you can pick between automatic shipments or you can only get pieces when you want. Uh, and the shipping exchanges and returns are always free. Plus that $20 styling fee is automatically applied towards anything you keep in your box. Their customer service is great. And mm. that's really important to me because, you know, you try something on, you may or may not love it. But if you end up loving everything they send you in your box, you can get 25% off all of your purchases when you go to stitchfix.com spirits to sign up. Yep, that's stitchfix.com spirits. Thank you, Stitch Fix. That's stitchfix.com spirits. 
We are also sponsored this week by Third Love. Now, this is a bra company that has a fit finder quiz online, which helps you find the right fit for you. Your like shape of your breast, for example, matters as to how bras fit you. It's not just a numerical size. So they help you identify the right fit for your body. They also have a perfect fit promise, meaning that you have 60 days to wear whatever bra you buy, to wash it, like really put it to the test in your daily life, not just, you know, when you try it on out of the box or in a fitting room. And if you don't love it, you can return it. They then wash it and donate it to somebody in need. Yeah. And Third Love has more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. I'm a half cup. I never realized that until I tried on my Third Love bra. And it's just a thousand times more comfortable and better fitting for me than any other bra has been in the past. So head on over to thirdlove.com slash spirits to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. Yep. That's thirdlove.com slash spirits for 15% off today. Join me and find out that if you are properly fitted, there truly is a perfect bra for everyone. That's at thirdlove.com slash spirits for 15% off today. I have a spooky story titled Doppelganger Scare the Shit Out of Me. Yes. <gasps> I love it. We've done a couple of doppelganger ones, um, and I'm very excited that we're getting more. Very good. This comes to us from Laika. I'm not a fan of horror movies, but I love horror stories. I like reading them, hearing them, and telling them, so I have many stories I want to tell you guys, but when I was thinking which ones to actually type out, I realized I have a few involving doppelgangers. Oh, shit. Let's start with my own personal experience when I was a child. I always seemed to think of it as my mother. I didn't clearly see its whole profile because it was just passing through the hallway going into our room, but it was wearing white shorts and a white shirt and clearly a female. So in my head, I knew it was my mother. So I raced after her, but when I got into the room, no one was there. Being a child, I just didn't think too much about it at the time. The second encounter was almost the same. I saw it walking into the hall, raced after it, and it was an empty room. But that time, I remember thinking something was not right, and I started to get scared. I ran back into our sala, but as I was running in the hallway, I saw and felt like I had ran through a wispy, lacy, soft white cloth. Oh, no. Something like a veil material. No. It touched my face, and I was just shocked and stopped in my tracks for a few seconds. I remember thinking of looking back, but nope, I was smart for once and decided to just run the fuck out of the house. Proud of Good you. choices. I can't remember a time where someone described a ghost wearing shorts, and it really pleases me. <laughs> I'm so delighted by the idea of, like, shorts ghost. Just a ghost in some knickerbockers? Mm -hmm. Just, like, just some booty shorts. Either booty shorts or, like, per our, you know, ghost fashion, you know, short pants means kid. And something about it is not, like, creepy child, you know, Robert the Doll, like, sailor outfit. But it just seems to me like, I don't know, knees are like so vulnerable. It's like, oh, like, oh, you're still a kid in your short pants, you know? <laughs> knees are so vulnerable. That's going to be the caption for this episode. They are. The second story was told to me by my favorite aunt, Angie. It happened in the same house when her youngest sibling was still in college and they were sharing a bed. So one night, Angie woke up around midnight and got a glass of water. She got back in bed and hugged her sister who was facing the other way. When she was on the verge of sleeping, she suddenly remembered that her sister was in her classmate's house doing research for a paper. No! And she even called earlier that night to remind her not to cook for her. So she stopped hugging her, faced the other way, got under the covers to move as far as it allowed her without falling from the bed and was only able to sleep 
when it was almost morning, having goosebumps this whole time. Yeah. Oh, no. I hate that. Hate it. Hate it so much. Oh, God. I hate that. I hate it. See? But like, but what What did I say? If you ignore the problem, the problem, <laughs> the problem solves no, itself. you just don't sleep for the rest of the night. Or your whole life. <sighs> okay. So last story. This happened in my last job. My coworker was filing all the docs and reports from our sales agents when he saw the manager of food accounts coming up from the pantry. He called for her and asked about the reports of agents under her, but she totally ignored him and just went out, assuming to go into her office on the third floor. Disobedience among the staff. Spooky. (laughs) He found it odd as she was known to be friendly and she was not really quiet when when he called her. Just after she went out of sight, the phone rings and the same manager was on the other (gasps) side. (gasps) Talking about the reports my office mate was just asking about a moment ago. And that should be impossible because the offices were on the first floor and the sales were on the third floor. Oh, so he couldn't have like run next door and made the call. That makes sense. And at that time, for almost a month, the elevator was not working. My office mate even joked that she must have run fast, but the manager just told her she hadn't been in our office that day yet at all. (gasps) What? No. And I swear this is true because even I got a glimpse of her when he called her that time. So that's it. I have more, but I feel like this has become so long. Maybe I'll tell you next time if you want to hear more. Stay creepy. Stay cool. Lots of love from the Philippines. Okay. Like question. We need it. Question for everyone. So I feel like in most of the stories in which we see doppelgangers, uh, they don't really interact with people. They just kind of look like someone and then like go about doing their whatever their thing is. So like... What do we feel is the the purpose of the doppelganger? What is what is the motive of the doppelganger? So I think of the doppelganger in the sort of like referential sense. Like I don't think about the true doppelganger. I think about in life, you're like, oh man, that person looks just like my aunt and that's so wild and you know, blah, blah, blah. And the person is just going about their daily life, ordering their Starbucks, driving, whatever. But I don't know. Like, in my mind, it must be some nefarious purpose. Like, they have been grown or made or, like, summoned in order to uh, commit identity theft, to, uh, like, complete a ritual and use your DNA for, like, bad purposes. I like that your your opinion here is uh, doppelgangers doing the the white collar crime of the of the supernatural world. I mean, how many times have we seen movies where like clones are grown in order to have like organs harvested or like eye and fingerprint identification and stuff like that? Which is not how that works. If you grow a clone, they're going to have different fingerprints than you because the fingerprints are based on like you pressing your like impressionable hands against the stomach of your uh, your mother's womb wait that is, is that true terrifying and i want to yes. know nothing else about it julia please yeah, that's terrible. i was talking more about clones i guess like grown like grown in the lab like it's why know, identical style. twins don't have nope julia don't want to know it nope no more no more mm-hmm. okay. the more the more i learn about pregnancy the more i'm like oh god uh Amanda, i believe you're up with your story i sure am i would love to tell you some very true encounters with child spirits from nicole oh boy here we go hey i'm nicole and i'm from oklahoma I first located your podcast after I had one of several spirit encounters. I wanted to learn if what happens to me happens to other people. I see child spirits. Surprise, you are not alone. My first one occurred when I lived in Italy with my mom. We rented a much older house. 
My little sister was about three years old, and one day she asked me if she could go downstairs and play with toys. So I grabbed her hand and walked her down the stairs, and we spent about an hour playing together. After that hour, I started walking back up the stairs, and I looked down to realize my sister was no longer there. I ran upstairs frantically and asked my mom where she was. My mom replied, Nicole, she's sitting on the sofa right here and has been for the past hour. And that is when I lost my shit and told my mom the story. Needless to say, for the rest of the summer, I lived upstairs and didn't go back downstairs once. That's horrifying. That's like, that is that's real so bad. extended. Unlike the last story, which itself was so creepy. It's not a passing, you know, just like a passing view of somebody. And this is an interaction, too. Like, this yeah. This is what we're talking about. Doppelgangers don't interact, but this, this one did. Oh, that was very bad. Don't like that. My next child spirit story happened not too long ago. It happened three months ago or so, and I was at the store with my mom and stepdad. We walked up to this man who was looking at flour. He was talking to a little girl who was telling him what to pick. The older man was mumbling and telling her to behave because she was jumping around and really excited. My mom kept talking to the guy, and I just walked away. When we got home that night, though, my mom said that she wished she would have asked him over for dinner. When she said that, I was like, we would have had to invite his granddaughter as well, though. My mom quickly asked, what do you mean his granddaughter? And I said there was a little girl he was talking to. She was jumping around. My mom answered, Nicole, he was talking to himself the whole time. That's why I felt bad and wanted to invite him over. So that also really scared me. And I spent the rest of the night crying. (laughs) There are just so many details. Like there's so many details that seem like a real person that that is the terrifying part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't like that. Don't like that at all. Thirdly, I bought this little canister to use as a memory box. It was a cheap kind of $2 thing that we used to hold cookies, and I found it at the thrift store. The picture on the front of the canister was of a little boy and a little girl playing. Now I see that as extremely sinister, by the way. And I'm just like, Mm -mm. no, Nicole, no one plays. No, no one plays and not children together. I think people do still play. Shh, no. After about a week of having it, I remember waking up and seeing a little boy crouching at the foot of my bed with a bowl-like haircut. I was completely still. Man, I was like, what is going to be in that What's bowl? What's in that bowl? <laughs> and it turns out it's his head because it's a bowl, cut. bowl haircut. That would be a very good Halloween pun costume. A bowl cut? Yeah, oh, that would be. It's very good. Uh, well... Nicole says, I reacted by staying completely still and just looked at him. Then I turned over in bed and acted like I didn't see anything. Why is this? Come on, people. <laughs> Stop proving Eric right. This this was not like it wasn't a chosen, no. thing by any means at all. But like, mm, it's great to be proven right. <sighs> you know, Julia, for the poll this week, can you say like, Hey, see something spooky middle of the night. Do you get out of bed or roll over and say nothing? And let's I'm see what the conspiracy is. Do the think. correct thing. Like, like I'm just saying, like, when you when like if you watch a scary movie and you're like, ooh, what if it's in the what if the thing's in the room with me? Don't you just like close your eyes? No. I should say, quite recently though, I did check the attic with a butcher's knife. Uh, <laughs> oh no. So like some cause sometimes you're just like gotta be got but that was more like there was it's uh, there was probably a squirrel in the attic so there was definitely like something something up there and so that that was more of me double checking the security of my house i was not worried about any anything spooky so a few days after seeing this little boy my mom walked into my room and said nicole there's a very negative energy here 
My stepdad is really familiar with spirits as well. And he walked in and added, Nicole, there's a very negative energy in here, but it's an innocent negative energy. That, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's not how that works. This is before, mind you, I told either of them about my experience in that room. We just uh, kind of prayed and hoped that God would get the child out. I thought the boy was gone until my boyfriend made a comment to me. He doesn't believe in the supernatural, so it really threw me for a loop whenever he said he saw something. In this case, he said, I had a really weird dream that there was a little boy in your room standing at the foot of your bed watching us. I never dream, so I thought it would be something to mention. <laughs> I never Jesus. dream. <laughs> Amanda, you're like that. You don't remember your dreams, right? No, rarely. Mm-hmm. Well, at this point, I was convinced it was the canister I had brought, obviously, that brought the little boy in. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, threw it away, mm-hmm. and luckily, I haven't had any more encounters with the little boy. I, I was hoping for something like, ah, oh, yes, I remember buying it, and it's a, you know, a little boy and a little girl playing on it. And then when I threw it out, the little boy was gone. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm very glad that you managed this situation in the proper way, Nicole. Debatable, because you just turned over and went to sleep. But all right. That you finished the situation with a good choice, which is throwing out slash destroying that canister. That's all we can ask for. Julie, do you think it would be better to just throw it out or to destroy it? Because I can see a spirit like exacting revenge on you if you destroy their vessel. But if you just kind of pass it along, then it's someone else's problem. I think you have to Jumanji it. I haven't seen that film. What what does that mean? I think that means you have to like... I haven't seen Jumanji. I know, I know, I know. I'm so, like, there's a lot of pop culture that <laughs> I am fine with someone not seeing. But Jumanji? Sorry, bud. I gotta How do solve you not that. see Jumanji? Sorry, bud. Okay, so meaning that you have to take it, put it somewhere, either throw it in a river or bury it, and then people like 40 years later can rediscover it. But it's not your problem anymore. Okay, that checks out. All right, Julia, do you want to deliver to us the uh, dead end of this episode? Yes. So this story comes from Darian, and she has titled it The Dead End, literally. Yeah. In the summer of 2012, my family moved to a house with 20 acres on a dead end. Just to clear things up, my mom has owned her own businesses for the last 20 years, and we also fostered animals. Birds, cats, dogs, horses, you name it, my mom fostered them. So when we finally found a location big enough to hold all of us, we took the chance. Originally, the building and surrounding acres were an archery range, which after a few years shut down and was replaced by boat storage. But that didn't last long either. The building itself had been empty for five years and was owned by the bank when we bought it, so all of the windows and entrances had been all boarded up over, and to even get in was a hassle. But once you did, whoo boy! The place was a wreck after being left alone for so long. Items from the previous owners were still strewn around the buildings, bows and arrows, life jackets. We even found a wreck of an old boat hidden in the tree line. Oh. What I like about this is it insinuates that the boat people didn't clean up the archery stuff once they had purchased it. They're just like, ah, fuck it. Most concerning... An old burnt military uniform from World War II we found slightly buried in the garage. That's a lot. There's a lot of things happening there. First off, old military uniform. Not not something you just find usually except for like in your grandfather's closet. Mm -hmm. Second, burnt. Okay, it was attempted to be destroyed, but was not fully destroyed apparently. Mm -hmm. Also, 
buried. Slightly like, buried. Sli- slightly. Slightly. What? Like, why is a lot of half measures being done here? And I don't like it. So, <laughs> Daring continues... This place was super creepy, okay? We didn't have electricity in the place for three weeks. The lower story of the house didn't have windows and was just one massive concrete room. Your flashlight's beam wouldn't reach for more than a foot because the darkness swallowed it, and you had to feel along the wall to know where you were going. The nearest neighbor we had was just over half a mile away, or the commune down the road that everyone in our town says is led by a cult, but that's a different story. I want to hear that story later. Yeah. All in all, just eerie, especially after living in a crowded neighborhood for most of your life. At first, there wasn't really anything amiss, just a lot of maintenance to be done. Mowing the grass down, getting everything unboarded, new paint, the whole shebang. The dead end was kind of the creepiest part at first. The road ended rather abruptly, and it followed along a major highway, so the city had put up a reflective barrier at the end to ward off drunk drivers or people that thought the road was a ramp onto the highway. The road is kind of blocked in by a highway on the left and a deep creek on the right that ran under our driveway. Anyway, since the building itself was just past the city line, the maintenance for the other city stopped mowing the lawn for about 40 yards away from the barrier, which, stupid, bad idea. For a while, the barrier wasn't high enough and people would just run into it, and the city finally came out and put reflective barriers up high enough to clear tall grass, but that took a few months of calling the city to complain. The grass had gotten super tall and covered most of the barrier, and since we now technically owned the land, we were in charge of keeping it cleared. Needless to say, it was an enlightening experience, as while we cleared the area in front of the barrier, we found a white cross wedged into the ground in front of the barrier. Oh no. Turns out, the barriers were put up after an old grandma named Rose had driven down the road thinking that it was a ramp on for the highway, but couldn't see the road and ended up crashing into the creek and dying at the end of our driveway. My mother is extremely superstitious and hypervigilant when it comes to this sort of thing, and it didn't take long before she started noticing weird things happening in the house. Mostly, she found stuff moved around or heard someone walking around when we were all at school or work. On one occasion, she saw a tall woman with blonde hair walk past her door and heard the front door to the house open and close. Mm Mm-mm. None of us doubted her, though. She isn't the type to joke around about this sort of thing, and we were all creeped out by the house. It was eerie, looking at the glass sliding doors into inky blackness and just watching the shadows move. Now, our house was, in general, a beautifully orchestrated mess of things piled everywhere. When you have eight dogs, three horses, six cats, and a handful of birds to look after, things tended to get set somewhere and forgotten about or tipped over. You get used to that after a few years. So it wasn't long until everyone in the house started noticing things too. I had been getting ready for bed one night and I was alone in the house. With my parents out for dinner and my sisters visiting their respective boyfriends, I was already on edge. I had grabbed my mom's Great Pyrenees, which is like a big, big white dog. They're oh, like yeah. Newfoundlands, but huge. And had him in my room so I wasn't completely alone because fuck no. I was not living a scream moment ever. I remember being in the bathroom and brushing my teeth, the counter covered in my sister's various lotions and makeup. There was this bottle of leave-in conditioner with one of the pump heads that was tipped over on its side, but that wasn't my problem. It wasn't leaking or anything, and it certainly wasn't rolling off the counter, the head stopping it from rolling anywhere. 
I had bent down to spit out my toothpaste and I grabbed a towel to wipe my face and the bottle slowly went upright. No! I froze. It's creepier than falling! It was a completely unnatural movement. No way does a bottle just sit upright. Not unless something had moved it intentionally and it had been on the opposite side of the counter from the towel, so I knew I hadn't touched it at least. Listen, people, stuff falls many reasons. Stuff does not just stand up. So I just backed away until I was in my room with my dog and I shut the door. Oh, boy. After that, the activity kind of ramped up, but it was never anything bad. Actually, it was kind of helpful. Any door that was left open would most of the times be shut by the time we came back. Cabinets, dryer, dishwasher, bedroom doors. The whole family started to relax a bit. Yeah, we had a ghost, but they were super friendly as far as we could tell. Just tried to make order of the happy chaos that was our lives by going and tidying up after us. It was chill. I take it back. That sounds fucking awesome. I love it. The creepiest thing, however, was my mom's parrot, Snapper. Snapper was a highly intelligent parrot that could talk. Of course, she has to memorize content before she can repeat it back, but she knew what you were saying, and she used it to memorize uh, lines to have conversations with you. Now, Snapper wouldn't talk unless someone was in the room with her. You can probably guess where this is going, yeah? The walls in the house were pretty thin, so I could hear everything that was happening in the living room, especially when my mom would go upstairs to feed the birds and grab her own lunch. So I heard Snapper talking, and I I figured nothing of it. My mom must have come upstairs to make lunch. After about five minutes, I get up to see if my mom wanted help, only to round the corner and see that Snapper was facing the corner, talking, and my mom was nowhere in sight. No! It was then that I actually listened to what Snapper was saying. Rose want help? Help. Rose want help? Help. No. Rose help? Help. No. In the most deranged, confused voice I had ever heard and progressively getting louder. No, Snapper! Fuck no. We've had Snapper since I was very young, and I know everything in her vocabulary. Over the years, she can learn new words. Hell, she can even mimic my mother's laugh to a T. But we've never known a Rose. There is no plausible reason for her to know this name. I immediately ran for my mother, but by the time I brought her back upstairs, she had started whistling the Addams Family song. Oh, no. Not cool. (laughs) This is so scary. Have we considered that parrots are the most haunted animal? Much like spaghetti is the most haunted uh, dish, parrots are the most haunted animal? Yes, because, or rather that like parrots are the most scary haunted animal to have around you because Mm. parrots on a normal non-haunted day can be pretty scary given, you know, mimic abilities. But parrots are like the doppelgangers of birds. Okay. Isn't there a parrot that's in like uh, witness protection because it was like snitching on people? It sounds like a great urban legend. I think that's a thing. I hope it is. Listeners, Google that and and find out for yourself. (laughs) This is a podcast, not a research paper. (laughs) I recently said some stuff about what the correct way to hit a deer and it was all incorrect. We had to cut it. It all got cut and you never heard it. We weren't talking about hitting deer to be clear. It was involved in a urban legend episode. Yeah. Darian also says if we want to hear about her uh, hometown cult that we should let her know. So this is me letting you know, Darian. I would like to hear about it. I would. Wow. That was terrifying. Yeah. No, I'm glad we ended on a solid, terrifying note. It's always my goal. Oh, me too. I'm going to go work on getting my heart rate down. But listeners, 
no matter what kind of creepy haunted pets you have around. And Darian, I do want pictures of your uh, your your animal menagerie. Just remember, stay creepy, stay cool, stay ignorant. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsors at Skillshare.com slash Spirits2, the number two, you can get two free months of Skillshare premium. At StitchFix.com slash Spirits, you can get 25% off your order when you keep all of the items in your box. And at ThirdLove.com slash Spirits, get 15% off your order. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us at Spirits Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. We also have all of our episode transcripts, guest appearances, and merch on our website, as well as a form to send us your urban legends at spiritspodcast.com. Join our member community on Patreon, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff. Just $1 gets you access to audio extras with so much more available too. Recipe cards, director's commentaries, exclusive merch, and real physical gifts. We are a founding member of Multitude, a collective of independent audio professionals. If you like spirits, you will love the other shows that live on our website at multitude.productions. And above all else, if you liked what you heard today, please share us with your friends. That is the very best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time.